Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. You headed over to FightfulWrestling.com just before this show, you would have seen the news broken that Triple H and Vince McMahon would be on this show. We are breaking news all the time. You can get all your free wrestling news, uh, podcasts, videos, photos at Fightful.com and FightfulWrestling.com. Had somebody ask me the other day, what is the mentality of adding something to Fightful Select as opposed to Fightful.com? I will never put our news behind a paywall. News is free to you guys. Stuff like that is absolutely free. Retro reviews, special podcasts, members-only podcasts, dark match commentary, alternate commentary, stuff like that. i like to give you all on FightfulSelect.com as well as early access to some of our articles, some of our features, our specials. So head over to FightfulSelect.com if you guys don't mind. Check that out. We have G1 Weekly Wrap-Ups. Uh, we have the NXT 205 Live Show. We have the Weekender Podcast, the Q&A Podcast. We are filming two retro reviews that will uh, hit Fightful Select in August. So just check it out, okay? Also, we are wrapping up our OMG contest. Head over to our Instagram Instagram.com slash Fightful. Cut your best promo as Gee on butter. You're running out of time to win a free jar. Some good high-level stuff, my friends. Check it out. Also, as we as I wrap up the plugs, check out my Slammiversary review last night. That was an awesome show. Impact Slammiversary was an outstanding show. Top to bottom, just really, really good. So check that out as well. I'm joined by Alex Pawlowski. Alex, now I'm I'm not going to be here for a couple of big shows in August. <clears throat> UFC 227, I'll be out of town. I'll do the recap the next day. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, I will be at my longtime tag team partner, wrestling coach, friend's wedding that starts as that's starting. Can I count on you? to not show up in the crowd front row at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. (laughs) Because, you know, people who work for us just keep getting signed, Alex. I know, it's crazy. Uh, I I don't know. You know, I mean, I I got some things in the works. I have offers. (laughs) You don't want to ruin your shot. That's why you're not saying anything. Yeah, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx it, you know. Shane Helm showed up. Royal Rumble. Deanna Perrazzo, former Fightful Pro Series contributor, now signed. We have uh, Jason Kincaid worked for them WrestleMania weekend. And the hot new rumor on the streets, Matt Riddle Mm -hmm. pulling out of bookings late September left and right, but he's keeping some of them (laughs) WWN bookings. Hmm. That's curious. Let me just run you guys down to history. I, I posted a teaser today. I did talk to Matt today. I interviewed him on video. I was wanting to save that, and I will save it for a couple weeks from now on the list in your boy. 
So I wanted to do that before I didn't have a chance to do it again. I've interviewed Matt every single year since 2014, since way before I would say 99% of the people watching this podcast had any clue who I was from a wrestling perspective. And Matt gave me his time then. And back then we were talking pro wrestling. When he was fighting for Titan, I think I may have been his last interview as an MMA fighter, which is kind of cool because he immediately transitioned into pro wrestling. He got a WWE tryout and blew through it. Like, And I had someone mention to me, the term they used was, he embarrassed the tryout. (laughs) To the point to where WWE was like, hey, we're going to sign you up. And then a couple weeks later, they were like, well, we're going to pass for now. Because they evidently Googled his name and saw him with a big old bag of weed. Yeah, you know, because it's weird. They don't want to be associated with people uh, who you could Google bad stuff about. You know, like a sex tape and racial epithets. That well, it, Hypothetically, that kind of person, they don't want to be associated with that kind of person. But weed, especially not. Definitely not. Considering it's legal in a lot of states now, we can't have that. So uh, Matt has, he told this story on the broadcast with me a couple times, but he got offered some work with Ring of Honor and hit up WWE and said, hey, do you guys mind if I do this? Well, you know WWE. If you're number three, they don't give a shit. But if you're number two, it doesn't matter how much, how far the distance between one and two, they don't want you. They don't want you getting that leverage. If you're number three by a smidge, good to go. So they said, no, 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 no. We don't want to sign you, but how about we we get you hooked up with WWN? Well, I always said, had Matt just worked for Ring of Honor, Mm -hmm. he'd have been in WWE probably a year and a half ago. So essentially, he was biding his time until a WWE deal approach and when i think of two and a half years i think of that that scene from half baked where he finds out how long his girlfriend's dad is doing for weed and i'm like two and a half years for weed (laughs) that's how i feel (laughs) and sean waltman got him the tryout sean Mm -hmm. waltman has been on the record and said that's the only reason so i did speak to matt riddle today and i've been speaking to him a little bit more recently And the interview that we did, I straight up said, Matt, listen, I'm not going to ask you about WWE. I'm not going to ask you about ROH because I don't think it's any secret. If you've watched any of our shows the last few weeks, there's a little bit of heat on me Mm. and a little bit of heat on us as a website from WWE. They're not too thrilled with us for some of the stuff we've revealed. So I was like, Matt, I'm not even going to ask you about it. But for the Fightful viewers... I wanted to be able to speak to him again before I didn't have a chance to speak with him. Didn't get a confirmation from Matt at all about WWE or anything, but I speak to my peoples within WWE about this. And they said, WWE is of the mindset right now that they need to sign anybody who could be a potential game changer. Yeah. And his contract, I believe with WWE was going to be up before WrestleMania season that would put would have put him in position to be booked for some really, really big stuff. New Japan was also softening their stance. They had kind of put the hammer down on bringing him over because I guess in Japan, people look at the weed, at the weed, at weed like it's the 80s. But they, they, they look at weed like it's the weed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he's out of Bola. He's out of his SummerSlam weekend dates. We will wildly speculate that Matt Riddle has signed with WWE. I haven't been told by anybody within WWE that, but I legitimately have not been told that by Matt. Right. Don't want to cost anybody their gig. So I didn't even bother asking him, but we did have a very fun conversation that you all will see within the coming weeks. Your thoughts on this? I mean... Oh, this, he, he's taken the world, taken the indie world by storm the last few is, years. Yeah, this is the thing. He is ready made to show up at NXT and take that place over. Do I have any confidence that they'll know <laughs> how to work with him on the main roster? Ah, uh, no. 
um, because they kind of find a ways of drumming out very interesting personalities. Those guys don't, they don't stay interesting, like really interesting for very long in the main roster. Um, but in NXT, oh my God, he's got ready-made feuds with the likes of Velveteen Dream, Ricochet. He, I want to, I want to see him take on in a gauntlet match, Undisputed Era. Like I just want him to come in and say, "Hi, hey, bro, I'm the best thing there is, and nobody can touch me in the ring," because that's absolutely. I mean, if you watch some of his stuff, man, you really can't touch him in the ring. That guy's amazing, and to have him be in there and 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 do that kind of stuff because he's a completely different style. Like it's it's super hybrid. Like it's totally different. Um, I I can't wait to see what NXT does with him. Um, and as far as what his his absolute ceiling in WWE, I do not know. I honestly don't know. But in NXT, sky's the limit. But in in WWE as a whole, it really depends on how they how they treat him. If you are unfamiliar with Matt Riddle's work, and this was a year and a half ago, as a gift to Matt, uh, when we were winding down the broadcast, I had a a highlight made for him because he wanted a highlight made to be able to send out. And I had IQ Wrestler, who does just the best wrestling highlights, do one of Matt Riddle. I had just posted it to my Twitter. Make sure you guys check that out. Show them some love. But, um, yeah, man, Matt Riddle, uh, we will run that conversation. I was very glad to get to speak to him before before things changed. Before things changed. Uh, a lot of people saying, oh, well, maybe it's Ring of Honor. He could have worked PWG in that event. Somebody said, well, maybe he's injured. Well, he ain't working WWN in that event. So that's the situation. So right before Raw, yeah, boy, posted some spoilers over at Fightful, including the return of one Vince McMahon. This was in Cincinnati. People asked me why I didn't go. Uh, did you watch the show? That's why I didn't go. And so I could be here and talk to you guys. So thumbs up, subscribe, visit Fightful.com. We kick off with the announcement, and it's Vince McMahon introducing Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Now, we can say all we want about Stephanie McMahon shoehorning herself into this situation, and tonight we'll avoid that because, believe me, Alex Pawlowski and myself will get at least three more opportunities to talk about this in the future. (laughs) So instead, what we'll talk about is the first ever women's, all women's, WWE pay-per-view event. It's going to be titled WWE Evolution. October, Nassau Coliseum. Uh, 50 women, Trish and Lita, have already been confirmed. They, they made a point to say, then, now, forever, will be involved. Your, your thoughts on hearing this? I mean, it's it's a big step. 110 card, pay-per-view cards have featured exclusively men in the past. This will be the first for women. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that, that little stat there a hundred there have been there have been a hundred and ten exclusively male pay-per-views in the past so all you trolls on twitter with oh this they would never put on an all-male pay-per-view this is bull uh they have were there people that said that oh yeah it's it's the standard thing of this is this is just reverse discrimination um screw those people uh they can all they can all f off all the way uh, and twice on Sunday, but um, this is this is great. Um, uh, it, it's a long time coming um, for the for this group of women. This group of women, um, in the past few years on the main roster at NXT, have absolutely earned this spot. It's going to be great. Um, and listen, there's there are all female, um, like a whole. Um, Oh gosh, you know, a, a franchise or whatever you want to call it uh, uh, that that operate all over the world. Um, so just having this a one show, it, that's that's relatively minor. This is going to be great. It's not, as far as I know, it's not like instead of something else. It's in addition to other things, and that's pretty awesome. Um, uh, and uh, from my point of view, what I hope for, because I, I know they said Raw, SmackDown, NXT titles all up are, are all gonna be on the line as well as the finals of the Mayan Classic. I think that's a great way to do Mayan Classic this year. But in addition to all that, I really hope we get some cross matches. I want to see Bianca Belair versus Nia Jax or something. Something crazy across 
from NXT up. up I want to see Bianca deadlift gorilla press Nia Jax. <laughs> let's let's see it. Let's see it. If anybody can do it, it's Bianca Belair. So I would love for them to really embrace the then now forever. Like I mean, there are things like you know Ronda Rousey is going to be there and she's going to wrestle. But if you're still you're, you're trying to bide some time until she can really get her ducks in a row in the ring, I would do something funny like. You know, Eva Marie returns and she finally wrestles, and then she makes up an excuse in the ring, gets armbarred, and that's a wrap. That's a wrap. The environment for this show, I think, is going to be a wild environment. It's going to be a good environment. I think it'll be sort of like the one night stand environment. You're going to get the feeling of something special, something different. No announcement of the rumored tag team titles, although um, Leather by Dan did confirm those those belts have been commissioned and or made. Although yeah. they were also commissioned and or made for the two hundred five live titles too, and those true are nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the two hundred five live thing, I'm wondering if they realize they kind of only have three tag teams. You know what I mean? Like they don't have a, a very broad roster um, uh, to be able to like have a whole tag division. Um, and then they broke up their top tag team in in Tozawa and uh, and Itami. So, um, yeah, as far as women go, uh, it, it, it's a weird thing. Like, I don't think you need one for each brand. I think it'd be kind of cool if it floated. Like, if, if, the, if the Raw, if, if, if the tag title holders are on Raw, over on SmackDown, you have a, a two-week tournament between four teams to see who's the number one contender for the next dual-branded pay-per-view. And then you could, if it switches brands, then you got to do that. You can do that over again. I think that's a, a cool way of keeping it fresh um, and being able to get it on both shows. I would agree as well. I have, I have high hopes for this. Of course, we will talk more about this as it gets a little bit closer. We got three months to go before this yeah, show. It's true. So uh, super weird that Nikki Cross, no previous main roster intro, just chilling on the ramp. Yeah. But um, they also had SmackDown women on the, um, up there too, like the the iconics were there, and she uh, on SmackDown. Right, but but I'm saying they also said the NXT women will be a part of this. I think she was representing NXT. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, because she hasn't made a main roster debut, although she has been touring with them, which is why I think it was easier for them to have her there as opposed to somewhere they would have flown in from Florida. Somebody mentioned that. Uh, she should have just the thing should have been that she just showed up and somebody everybody was too scared to let her know she could leave. That would be great. And Kurt Angle being scared of Nikki Cross is something that I need. That it's would totally. be great. A couple other notes: Triple H put over the locker room, asked the women to step forward, and Stephanie McMahon had that major announcement tan going. Yes, she did. Whatever you're rattling, stop rattling. <laughs> Bad broadcasting on the fightful podcast alex when are you getting your ma- major announcement tan going uh i'm i i don't i don't i get i major announcement burn i don't major announcement tan so i don't need to be up here looking like a major <laughs> announcement lobster so yeah i, I yeah and, and, I'm, and i'm not into the whole spray thing i know that's the rage yeah. it, it ain't for me do you see mojo tonight it was not it was not a good look no, and the thing was, uh, he used to make fun of uh, Zach Ryder for doing that. He was a couple <laughs> shades away from asking everybody to eat his shorts. Yep. <laughs> he was real close, man. Yep, yep. Ugh. Tag team championship match. Before this match, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axler backstage putting over the women's uh, evolution pay-per-view, and this happened all night to the point where I was like, all right, we get it. We yeah. get it. Like, maybe space it out a bit. Yeah. <laughs> maybe space it out. But Bo Dallas calls Curtis Axel the brother that he never had. That was so, great. That was great. It popped me. Uh, I, was, I loved it. That was an excellent addition. Matt Hardy's entrance interrupts an Elias performance. Another theme of this show was Elias trying to perform a, a song from his new album, which I believe has reached... Number six as we go on the air. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll be doing a review of the album, uh, but... Damn right you will. It, the problem with the review that I had in mind 
was that my tone uh, can be, let's say, on the uh, snarky side. It's impossible to generate snark for this album. <laughs> it's a great album. There's only four songs. Uh, two of them are legitimately great, and the other two are good. Like, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how to be like, ah, this, yeah, this is funny because it was bad. No, it's not bad at all. It's actually a really good album. You should check it out. Uh, uh, yeah, I really liked it. There's a great one where he's, but one of the songs is on piano, not on guitar. And the, refrain, and the refrain of the song is, I wrote this song on piano just for you to prove there's nothing that I can't do. And I was like, ah, oh, that's great. That's absolutely in keeping with him. I don't know if he actually wrote the song on piano or, or plays piano. But I'd like to see that. Hmm. Well, I was told by someone within WWE that they didn't necessarily care about making a lot of money on this. They just uh, wanted to chart, and they charted. Yeah, they charted. <laughs> they let's see that the whole thing is that normally the WWE charts, and t- today they 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 charts they they charted so. <laughs> I would rather you go back to you elbow dropping your microphone or whatever you were doing earlier. It's a wrap. Um, hey, everybody, party's over. <laughs> Alex messed it up for everybody. Let's just go home. Yeah. No, I'm not proud of it. I got like two hours of sleep last night. I'm not proud of it. I was very interested to see how Bray Wyatt did tonight. He hadn't bumped since his return before uh, this weekend. He ran over Bo Dallas pretty quickly, though. So uh, Bray's cleared. Yep. He's back in the saddle. Bray gets worked over. Matt gets the hot tag and runs through his delete spots. A twist of fate lands, but this little skirmish causes Wyatt to fall into Hardy. Mm-hmm. And Axel gets the pin. So there goes your mandatory rematch that you had to have. Deleters fake out B-Team by clapping for them and then attack, but they got a babyface reaction. I don't know what this accomplished. I don't know if this was a heel turn. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's like the, the, we don't respect you, kind of a thing. We're we're still the better team. We got to make sure everybody. That, I mean, like I feel like it wasn't their choice. I feel like it was like we have to make sure everyone knows the B team is an illegitimate team, uh, so that when we put the tag titles or take the titles off and then put them on the revival, it doesn't look like the revival actually accomplished anything. Like it feels like it's like they're 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 keeping everything, keeping everybody's expectations low for these tag titles before, until somebody gets a hold of them and actually, you know, is impressive with them because it hasn't been that way since the bar had them like, yeah. like, like in March. It seems really stupid to me from a content creation standpoint to not make these titles as hot as you can possibly make them. I don't understand. Like it, Especially with the absence of the universal champion, like make the the, the IC title and the tag titles like make that like you have to tune in to watch Raw because even if Brock's not going to be there, those titles are hot and all the people who want those titles like that should be it. I mean, I mean, I like Matt and, and Bray, but they're not they're not this this whole program hasn't done anything for them. And the B team is a joke. I mean, they're fun. I like the guys, but yeah, they we've we've been conditioned to see them as a joke for years now. It's it's really hard for them to now be taken seriously. So uh, when I see this, I'm like, as you mentioned, Universal Titles not on the show. Even their their method of tag teams is usually split them up and make single stars. If you make better tag teams, you're going to get more single stars, too. True. When the Hardys and Dudleys and Edge and Christian were rocking, you could, bam, all of a sudden, it's the Rock and Mankind against these two guys, against yeah. two of these guys. And you've got a hot tool that you can use to continue a feud. It's just, it's so weird to me. So weird to me. So you may notice that when... <laughs> Bailey and Sasha Banks were watching their segment from last week on the TV backstage. Michael Cole made sure to throw in their sisters. Yep. That was that was done on purpose. Yes. Because of rampant speculation last week. Yeah. Over a possible lesbian storyline, Alex. I mean, yeah, you could 
the speculation was there because of the way they put that segment together. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think they wanted it to be ambiguous last week, uh, and they don't want it to be ambiguous this week, and that's fine. Uh, now it's no longer ambiguous, and now we can focus on the fact that they're you know they're best friends and everything. And that's great, um, and we'll see where it goes from here. Um, there's people people are saying. They're actually going to have these two be the best of friends through Slam and part of September just so they can have their big one-on-one match at this Women's Evolution show. Okay, fine, but just tell the story right. Whatever you do, tell the story right, you know? If if you're going to have tag titles and these two are going to be your first tag champions, tell that story right. If you're not or during the tournament to crown those tag champions, they implode and they have a match at, at Evolution, tell that story right. Just start doing good storytelling, and I'll forgive all your other foibles. So <laughs> they beat these jobbers. They better never, ever, as long as I'm watching wrestling, let a woman in leggings get offense on Bailey, <laughs> Because that was offense on me because it was offensive to me. Yes. Offensive to me. Sasha comes yes. in. Knees the other one in the face. Bank statement. That's it. They hug after the match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. I liked. I liked the. That was a cool like tag team maneuver to get into that. Like the throw. Like basically a snapmare into the running knee from Bailey directly into the bank statement is a good way to finish people if you're going to be a tag team. I think that's a good way of doing it. Um, I liked it. But yeah, okay, great. They're friends now. Now you can move to the next part of this story as opposed to next week they're still friends and the week after that they're still friends and the week after that, oh, there's a, can they trust each other? Oh yeah, they can. Yeah, they're still friends. Like they they tell the same chapter over and over and over again. It's the way WWE does stuff. Ron Strowman interrupts Elias. Yep. He is all about equality, Alex. Yes, he is. He is very forward thinking. Uh, not as much with the Bobby Lashley Roman Reigns match. He doesn't care about it because he has the briefcase. Kevin Owens comes out and cuts a really good promo outside of one thing, I thought. Uh, but he, he cuts this promo about him being genuine to Braun and how his 10 year old son looked at Braun and Nicholas and he realized his son could be tag team champion and was like, he could replace that stupid Nicholas kid. And he decided to cozy up to Braun, be nice, but Braun took away his opportunity to provide for his family. And now Kevin Owens is going to do that same thing to Braun. Except when Braun offers him the opportunity, Kevin Owens says, no, I've got nothing to prove to you. I beat you. And I'm like, now hold on a second. You just said. Now it makes sense later, but. So I guess Constable Corbin comes out. But uh, you you can uh, approach the Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman promos first. Yeah, uh, any anytime Braun Strowman brings up uh, Team Little Big, uh, I'm I'm all for it. I like that as canon that they're still still sweet on each other months later. Um, I think that's a cool thing that, that I hope continues uh, for years. I think it's a cool little nod, um, and I like that he comes out and he's the voice of the locker room in front of the fans to say we're all really proud of him. And that's really awesome. I think that's good. Um, uh, but it also muddies the water because that's a super baby face thing to do. And he legitimately tried to murder Kevin Owens like twice in the span of a month. So, yeah. so, so, I mean, tw- tried to murder him twice by throwing him off a of really high things. Also, if, if Kevin Owens had like an open cut anywhere on his body, that could have really gotten infected when the porta potty tipped over. You know, you never sepsis is no joke, kids. So you know, let's <laughs> let's really maybe might try to kill him three times. Anyway, um, when Kevin Owens comes out and he says, "My kids thought I was indestructible, and now like they're they're worried for my safety because they saw that Daddy can really get hurt." That's that's some real ass shit. Like. Like the idea of like looking at your kids and and realizing because that thing like when Mick Foley took all those unprotected chair shots from The Rock 
on that documentary, Beyond the Mat, and all his kids were in the front row. Like you watch their reaction to it, and it's horrifying and heartbreaking to these kids watching their dad being beaten to within an inch of his life. I can I can see the kind of same thing uh, with 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 Owens, especially his daughter, who's very very young. If she actually saw footage of that, it would be horrifying. So this all makes good sense, and it leads to a development that I've been wanting for years where the, the the briefcase should be defended in matches if it's not actively being used. It's a, it's a we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Constable Corbin comes out and boy he's about to lay the law down Alex. Yes he is. To be fair, when I was younger, I was a rambunctious teenager doing a bunch of boys will be boys horse shit in my neighborhood. And really, the only guy we had to worry about was a constable. Or we thought we had to. We didn't. (laughs) And we quickly found out that the constable couldn't do shit. (laughs) So, and and the the deputy in our town was an 80-year-old guy who would literally show up and go, boys will be boys. (laughs) So we had to deal with this constable character quite a bit. So I got to say that this does, Baron Corbin, and the steps that he's taking here do accurately reflect my personal history with constables. Mm. Maybe even far exceeding the reach of the ones that I've dealt with. He brings out Jinder Mahal, former world champion Jinder Mahal. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hall, who teaches Braun some breathing exercises. Braun bullies uh, Sing into holding the mic for him because he's little. And then Braun gets the crowd to chant this, get these hands and beats the shit out of them. Now, Braun's still over, but we saw this coming vividly. Yeah. About what, nine months ago, when we were t- making jokes about the cricket wireless ads and. Yeah. We knew this brawn was coming. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's a necessary evolution. No pun intended for the mm-hmm. night, but is it a necessary evolution or can they just have them tear shit up every week? I mean, you got to, you got to change up a little bit. Yeah, you do. Um, I think that they kind of realized that um, he was getting over as a fan favorite by be doing what he was doing. And they were like, well, let's lean into the fan favorite thing. Let's do, have him do other things that, people like like he's legitimately a pretty funny dude and he doesn't have a lot of shame like that elf skit they did last christmas with him as buddy the elf uh was legitimately hilarious he's a really funny dude um and he's a lovable guy and that's that's a cool thing that you can you can use um for some like he's also got a ready-made uh gesture where he raises the hands up and roars that the crowd loves to do along with him, lean into it. Let, let him do it. You know what I mean? Like it's unless you're actively making him this giant heel monster that we want to root against. But the problem is, is you're not putting him up against guys we want to root for. So, you know, like obviously um, uh, Reigns that, that worked out in his favor. People cheered for him over Reigns um, that cheered for him over Kevin Owens. And they're definitely going to cheer for him over Jinder Mahal. They're doing this on purpose. So we'll see how this works. Um, I, I did like the idea of, you, little guy, come over here. Yeah, you, there ain't nobody else little in this ring. Uh, because Jinder, let me tell you, was wearing some lifts. Oh, yeah. He he, he, he would look taller than Braun. I'm like, he ain't taller than Braun. Uh, so, so that was interesting. Uh, again, I keep going back to this. This was the character that Jinder was doing when he was a jobber before he went to SmackDown and started, you know, improving himself. Uh, he would just yeah. hang out backstage and go, Shanti. And that was it. That was his whole deal. Uh, this guy was a champion on your other brand for six months. 
and now he's back here uh, being Shanti guy. Still waiting on my apologies from people who uh, were all in on the Mahal thing. It wasn't going to work. He's not no, good. It wasn't He's going to work. He's not good. And now they feel obligated to keep him. So, Yeah, it, it, because because cut and bait would, would look like you made a giant mistake by yeah. putting the belt on him and keeping it there for six months. Kurt yeah. Hawkins is legitimately more useful than Jinder Mahal right now. Yes. Jinder, uh, Curtis, Kurt Hawkins can show up and – lose and it's a story yeah i mean braun's gonna beat gender probably next week or the week after some shit like that on yeah. the way to SummerSlam. but whoo boy so um mickey james has some new gear it's better than the flappy pants it's pretty much shaw guerrero's old gear from fcw raquel diaz okay yeah okay people always want me to talk about Mickey's gear. It was all right. I liked it. It was fine. Will she defend the gold vest that she won from the Power Ranger at WWE Evolution? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'll tell you what. It adds stakes to whatever match she's in. So I, I say go <laughs> We're all about stakes. All about stakes. You got to add something. You got to have something up for grabs. These two slug it out early. Natalia just kills her with an electric chair. Then Alexa Bliss distracts Natalia, gets knocked off the apron, and Mickey hits a hard kick to the win, or with the win. That was it. Yeah, that's it. Nothing, nothing really, because Ronda's well, still suspended this right. week. Right. So this is just this is just to build a video package for next week when Ronda comes back, and she's gonna be looking for revenge. Let, let's let's show you the tape from last week, or what happened last week. Training partner. Yeah. Mm. This next segment was painful. Mm. Authors of Pain cut a real bad promo. Yep. A real bad promo. And they had to sit out there and wait through the commercial after their entrance, too. They say, give us some competition. Besides Titus Worldwide. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Titus O'Neil comes out and he says he can help out Authors of Pain. Apollo Crews follows it up by talking about how much he has made since Titus has helped him out. How little was Apollo Crews making? Yeah. um, I'm not seeing the Titus Worldwide shirts out here in these streets. So I don't know who's who's buying the, the merch. But I also didn't see the Apollo Crews merch before he joined up with Titus Worldwide. Um, that's, that's a good point. I, I blame them not having Tozawa on the roster anymore because I thought that he added a lot to that whole thing. But now they the, the little guys can't be on Raw anymore. So Crews so and Tozawa with Titus and Dana on the outside was a good package, I thought. It would have been a lot of fun. Authors of Pain were garbage. They said, what can you learn us? It was real bad. It was yeah. shitty. They tell Titus to retire. Titus and Apollo attack. Yeah, man. Sure. Wow. There are two options to save these guys. Maybe three. One, you never have them talk. Ever. Mm-hmm. Any reason. Ever. Mm-hmm. Two, put them with Samoa Joe. That should have been what they did from the shoot. Right from the get-go. Right. The third and most plausible you sign Stokely Hathaway. There's one guy out there that can do this. One guy that is out there that has managed high-level wrestlers but is still a fresh face, isn't cheesy, isn't corny, doesn't go out there and do the typical managerial tropes. He's got his own thing. He's clever. He's quick-witted. Vince McMahon's got to get over his weird shit. Like, yeah. The Singh brothers are managers, but they're not really managers. They do an intro. Yeah. Paul Heyman isn't a manager. He's an advocate. Yes. Titus O'Neil is kind of a manager, but he's a wrestler. Stokely Hathaway is just a manager. He is a mouthpiece. You know, when you have guys that don't cut great promos, like these two fellas, you put a guy like Stokely Hathaway where you put him face-to-face with any other talker on the roster, he's going to knock it out of the park. Yep. 10 times out of 10. He doesn't dwarf these guys. He'll make them look bigger. 
He'll make them sound more intimidating. He can convey the things that really accentuate their positives. Sign the guy. I know he made a great impression at Access yeah. Weekend on WWE. Yeah, well, here, here's here's my pitch. I mean, I, I think it's um, it probably will never happen, and there's probably good reasons why it won't. What I would love is I would love to see Bobby Roode take a step back from in-ring stuff. Um, and I'd love to see him come out in a, in a perfect suit and talk up these boys uh, as, as basically his, his enforcers because I think he, he could talk a great game. And I love the idea of like, oh, no, um, I got a lot of money and I paid them. And so they do whatever I say. Boys, kick, kick his ass. And I think that that would be really cool. And, like, that that's – I mean, but then again, you'd have to turn Bobby – uh, heel and as as we know, the WWE is in the mood for a rude Raleigh feud, and so n- now 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 we got to wait for Mojo Raleigh to get get done beating up for, Bobby. From Rudy. a kayfabe perspective, if they bring Paul Ellering back to NXT TV, he can show up and say, "Look what happened when they ditched me." Yeah, yeah, they could. weren't on TV. It's the old uh, Bobby Heenan line: "If you yeah. listen to me, you go to the top. If you don't, you're never heard from again." That's right. The greatest line for a manager, and it was putting himself over. (laughs) Speaking of good potential managers, I think Mojo Raleigh would make a a fantastic manager 15 years down the line if he wants to. Yeah, he is such a great talker. He pounces and destroys Breeze. We get some rude comments in the back uh, from Rude, not like obnoxious comments. Yeah, seated Alabama slam wins it. Mojo is. Switching things up, seeing what works. I like that he's using the seated Alabama slam now. It's yeah. his own. Yeah. It looks a little bit different. I like I, it. I do. I like it too. Um, I, I, I was, <laughs> I, I do hate the trope of um, wrestler X lost last week, but he's asked for this rematch as, as though anything's going to be different this week, because that's not how this works. Uh, if anybody loses last week, but asked for this rematch, you can tell they're going to lose again this week. Um, I'm happy Tyler Breeze is still on on TV, earning that TV paycheck, even now that Fandango's gone. Um, Tyler Tyler Breeze objectively could wrestle circles around Mojo Raleigh, and so it's kind of sad to me that he's he's at this point uh, the WWE. But uh, I'm interested to see where they go with Mojo. Uh, he was the guy who started out the selfie promo thing because he actually did it real, and it made sense, and everyone's like. Hey, you know what was great about that? Not the fact that it was raw and real and in the moment. The fact that it was on a selfie camera. Some do say that he started the selfie revolution. Some do say that. More reactions throughout the night about the Evolution pay-per-view. They they were pushing this real, real hard. Real hard. Stephanie, Kurt, KO, and Corbin are backstage. Owens wants another shot at Braun Strowman at SummerSlam. And if he wins, he gets the briefcase. Kurt Angle says... Oh, why would I do that? Well, maybe because it's been done before. Yeah. And I'm glad that it's coming back in this situation because there's reason for KO to get that. He yeah. won the match. Yeah. He won the match. And I do like that he also is is stating that in this stipulation. It doesn't matter how I win. By by pinfall, by 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 submission, or by count out, or by disqualification. So this match is just going to be trying to get on Strowman to to, just, to to hit him with a chair. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, and here's the deal. Um, uh, I hate Braun with the briefcase. I'm going to go out and say it. Uh, I, it's useless. He doesn't. He doesn't. He, this is the. I was hoping that he would win that that Money in the Bank uh, ladder match because. I thought he was going to come out the next night on Raw and challenge Brock because that's that would be true to his character and that's been done before and it's a great way of getting him even more over with the crowd. Um, him biding his time doesn't make sense. Brock's going to be on Raw next week. Braun shouldn't have the briefcase by the time SummerSlam rolls around because he should use it next week on Brock. Like I don't understand why why we're that doing would be, this. That would be a hilarious aspect to really piss KO off. It would be, um, but and just just like Braun didn't even really care about the title. He just right. wanted to piss KO off a little bit more. <laughs> um, Oops, but, drop but I, this. Yeah. 
Uh, I love it. It'd be great if he just was walking around, uh, walking up to refs in the back saying, here, hold this. I've got to tie my shoe. You know? Oh, no, I'm not cashing it in. I just wanted you to hold it. Um, but uh, uh, I've, I've often said in the past that KO is the perfect guy to hold that briefcase because he would be perfectly opportunistic with it. Uh, and you also believe that he could cash it in when you would not expect him to. Sure. Um, so, so if somehow he winds up with the briefcase, I think that Raw is better off for it. There, it's been six years since anybody defended the briefcase. Ziggler defended it against Jericho in a career versus contract match. He defended it against Cena later in the year before he cashed in. Uh, Raw RVD defended his in 2006 against Shelton Benjamin. Also, Edge defended his in a ladder match against Je- or Matt Hardy, and the one person to lose it was Mr. Kennedy. In man, a real heartbreaker of a that guy could not catch a break. No, he lost it to Edge because they thought that he had an injury that was far worse than it really was. Yep. Oof. Oof. No. Yeah. Bummer for him. So backstage. Finn Balor is talking to Kat, Chad Gable, and he's a little bit of a shithead to Chad Gable, interrupting him a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this this. I was so hopeful when Chad Gable came over from SmackDown and immediately had a scene with Kurt Angle. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be great. Kurt's going to give him preferential treatment." And then when uh, Jason Jordan comes back, it's it, either they're going to reteam, it'll be team you know Team America again with Kurt Angle as, as the de facto manager, or uh, Jason Jordan's going to be super jealous of how his dad's hanging out with his former best friend. That's going to be great. Oh, except, no, Chad Gable's going to be on main event and losing to Mojo Raleigh over there a lot. Oh, and then he's going to have Finn Balor talk down to him. Oh, okay. With Matt Riddle gone, there is a real void for a certain type of style on the independent circuit. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly feel like he could he could clean up over there. I really think the best thing that he could do is go make a name for himself elsewhere, make himself a hot property, show some personality. Yeah, he's he's still really young too. Like he's got a lot of time left. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what he could do in the indies. So, also, yeah, I would. If I were an indie promoter, I would book him against Simon Gotch like yesterday. I watched them do some insane chain wrestling in the past. But if I'm Chad Gable and Jason Jordan comes back and nothing gets going in my career, I'm hitting the bricks. And very rarely do I recommend that for somebody. But I really think that if he was into the travel. Well, there were were also this rumblings that Triple H said about moving guys back and forth to NXT. Like there's a singles career for Chad Gable in NXT, that would be awesome. You imagine, like, a series of matches between Chad Gable and Keith Lee? Ricochet. Ricochet, Cassius Ono. Like, there'd be some really great matches for him to have as a singles wrestler in NXT right this very second. Well, Balor is interrupted by Baron Corbin, and... (laughs) It's a little locker room, Alex. Good shit, pal. (laughs) Oh, man. Get it? It's a it's a small house, cause cause he's so small, and also there's My Little Ponies there because he's effeminate, I suppose, because of the rainbow thing, right? That's the thing. That's the they joke. Copied the big cast storyline. God, it's get so out of here! It's so stupid. Ziggler McIntyre wore a lot of makeup during their selfie promo. <laughs> Balor dives over the top onto Drew as we go to a commercial break. We come back and Balor hits one of the nicest, like spinning DDTs. That thing was was wild. Ziggler interferes. Rollins makes the save. You know the drill. Yep. Tag team match. Playa. Yep. Rollins had some energy in this match. And as much as they had just marginalized him. Yeah. The crowd still loves him, Alex. They it's do. a shame that he had reached almost peak levels of that heat again and got relegated. But uh, he kept, when he kicked out of that reverse Alabama slam for McIntyre, yeah. ooh, they were kicking. And he curb stomped Ziggler for the win. An outstanding reaction for yeah. uh, Seth Rollins. 
Absolutely. Um, the crowd loves this guy. Uh, he's never been hotter. Um, so obviously, let's keep him in a feud with Dolph Ziggler. That's what you do with that. He gets another match at SummerSlam. You know, I got people saying, oh, no, Balor's going to bring back the demon against Corbin? Why? No, that's no, no. That's dumb. No. Don't do that. Yeah. A, a, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping they do this. Uh, they, they turn the Rollins Ziggler match to a ladder match. You know, in yes. the tradition of great intercontinental ladder matches at SummerSlam, do it that way because I, I've seen them wrestle singles matches, a couple of them. I've seen them wrestle an Iron Man match. It wasn't so hot. Let's see what they do with the ladders. The, these five, and I'm talking Corbin, Balor, Rollins, Ziggler, McIntyre. Oh, by the way, who was in that backstage segment with Finn Balor tonight? Yep. Throw an old Chad Gable in there as your dark horse, as your Zack Ryder winning a qualifying match to get into it. Mm-hmm. Amber Moon is still not a great promo. Sarah Logan has been banned from ringside. Michael Cole on commentary explains that Liv Morgan refers to herself as a juvenile delinquent in which Corey Graves appropriately says, well, how old is she? If she's underage, why is she wrestling for us? She cannot be a juvenile delinquent, correct? And Michael Cole's like, well, yeah, by the definition, he's just like, yeah, okay, then wondering. This is like the 200th math between Ember and the Riot Squad, and it's fine. Missed body press, a nice little choke on the ropes from Liv, inverted STO from Ember. Got a front superplex and an eclipse. Do it for Ember. She's really good in the ring. Yeah, um, and that well, the thing is that she's not a juvenile delinquent. She's an adult delinquent, and yes. that's fine. But um, juvenile delinquent perfectly describes her gimmick. She's like a misbehaving 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to sneak out tonight and go see my boyfriend. He's a senior. That's, that's you know, you got to watch that one. She chews blue gum. and She loves sticking her tongue out of people. She's so irreverent, that one. Um, so that that's her gimmick. Um, you know, so fine. But no, she's she's not technically juvenile herself. Elias finally gets his opportunity to sing. Kurt Angle comes out and says this. The floor is yours. These people want to hear you sing. And it gets a roar from the crowd. An outstanding ovation. I did love um, Kurt Angle interrupting to say he wasn't going to interrupt. But he was interrupting to say, you're not going to be interrupted anymore. It was pretty great. It's perfect speech, Kurt Angle. Yeah. This son of a bitch, Elias, trashes Cincinnati, one of the beautiful cities in the world, the exact opposite of San Antonio, Texas. Hmm. Well, in his, in the first song off his new EP, he trashes all the cities. He says it's called "The Ballad of Every City I've Ever Been To," is the name of the of the name of the song, and it's honestly it's a delight. It's really funny. You should. You should I did watch that. the live concert from New Orleans that they yeah. filmed. Yeah. It was really good. He gets interrupted again by Bobby Lashley. Main event time. By the way, guys, subscribe to our friends over at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. They have great stuff over there. Do a lot of great videos that we use in our articles. And they cover the Fightful Wrestling Weekly. If you don't check out that Fightful Wrestling Weekly, every Friday morning at 6 a.m., it is chock full of exclusives that might have new stuff, might have stuff you missed throughout the week. Check it out, Fightful.com. Also, we have a new YouTube page as well, Fightful Scraps, where we add uh, certain uh, archived videos, clips from our time here at Fightful.com. So check that out, Fightful Scraps on YouTube. Roman Reigns defeated Bobby Lashley in the finals of this very short top contender tournament. Smash, little little scoop for you guys, produced by Michael Hayes. Roman backstage says that he's the most decorated superstar of his generation. Now, depending on what he means by generation, I'm assuming he means the last six years. Do you agree with him? I mean, decorated doesn't decorated necessarily mean titles held. I mean, I don't know. Main events at WrestleMania, yeah. Sure, sure. I mean, well, the other thing is like, is that a decoration? If you main event WrestleMania and lose, 
I don't consider that a decoration. You know what I mean? You made a resume. WrestleMania. That's cool. But guess what? Um, I mean, somebody told you your main event is in WrestleMania. I guess you also are told you're winning the belt too. Um, yes, I suppose that's true. I mean, um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess. But again, it doesn't matter because it's all decided by somebody who's who also decided that the way they ended tonight was okay. So I don't. I'll take that with a grain of salt. Somebody in the chat criticizing me for ripping off SCU for ta- targeting San Antonio. Uh, Playboy, unless SCU was trashing San Antonio in January of 2017, immediately upon their return, I doubt it. Yeah. This match, I thought, was very good. Mm-hmm. I thought they had match of the night tonight, match of the night at Extreme Rules. They came out hot, a lot of heavy-hitting clothesline. They, they need to stop using the term legit tools about Bobby Lashley because if his tools are legit, what are everybody else's in this world of make-believe wrestling? They're, they are illegitimate tools. Yeah. Lashley does this really impressive leapfrog, and this clothesline from the apron mm-hmm. was really brutal. Lashley, the first guy to break the master lock, first WWE superstar at least, applies it to Roman Reigns. Yeah. And then he uses a scarf hold. What that is, it's a headlock where you uh, – Lace your legs over the arm, and it hyperextends the elbow. I thought it was very cool that he used that. Power slam nearly gets a three. Superman punch can't get it done for Reigns. Then Lashley sends Reigns back into the ring on his face, Alex. Yeah, that was it. Was not it did not look good. Uh, he 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 landed he landed badly back into the ring. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. The match, the match was very, very good, very, very solid. Uh, these these two have have good chemistry together. Um, it's you know, it's it's it, there's a there's a level. It, Reigns working against bigger guys who are who are slow, uh, or at least booked to be slow, not necessarily great against smaller guys. And then you make me believe that he's supposed to be the underdog against smaller guys. No, against a guy who's basically him. But with 15 extra pounds of solid muscle and 17 MMA fights to his record, yeah, 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 that's that's a good that's a good matchup. I like that. So uh, Spear gets a near fall for Lashley. Crowd came unglued. Big sp- Superman punch countered another Spear from Lashley. Then Reigns hits one of his own for the win. An outstanding match, but 50-50 booking that sets this up. And at this point, I, I don't want Reigns Lesnar. I don't want it I as don't. a viewer. I don't care about it. I don't no. care about what well, uh, what they're doing moving forward. And asses and t- I don't want to see it. And what I'm ready for, I don't. At this point, I don't care if Reigns wins. I just want this. I want to move on. I just want to move on. Yeah, I just. I yeah, that's the thing. Is I I don't know, man. Like I'm trying to picture. This 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 show with the belt on reins and what they would do with it there, uh, having other guys chase it and having him, you know, do his little things where he kicks out of moves that nobody kicks out of, or you know, has a has a a, a, a submission hold placed on him that no one gets out of, but he gets out of it anyway by standing up with a guy on his back. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I, I can't, I don't like, I don't like that as invincibility is not a trait I look for in my wrestlers. That's not a thing that I, I like seeing the, the, the humanity in it. Like, uh, I'm, i I'm confident going into the match, but something happened in the match where now my guards up in a different way. And now I got to figure out my whole strategy is flawed. Now I got to think on, on my feet. Those are the matches I like. Reigns never has to think on his feet. He just doesn't because he knows that I'm going to come back. Uh, I'll be in a headlock, but then I'll stand up and then I'll run out of the headlock and hit a couple of punches and I'll hit a spear and I'll win. He doesn't, I don't feel like Reigns ever thinks he's going to lose, which is why at Extreme Rules, it meant something because he didn't think he was going to lose and then he lost. Then the next night he came out and said, I got no excuses. I don't even want a, a match. I don't care about Brock Lesnar. I just want to fight somebody. And then they were like, here's another opportunity at the title that you didn't ask for. And then B 
because they decide it more 50 50 booking and that match at extreme rules now doesn't matter nothing matters and now we we get roman versus brock they've retconned a really cool moment in Reigns' career where he came up against a guy that was his equal and a little bit better and he lost and now that doesn't matter two weeks like no literally Eight days after that really cool, what could have been a cool seminal moment in Reigns' career, it's now null and void, and we just get to move on and have him face Brock. And listen, uh, he's we can hope he's going to win. I don't know, but then then what? Like this is where this three is and a half years, man. It's been three and a half years. This is the thing: is that it, I want to say this: the this is the company is the beginning of the night with that with that really great just cool decision to give the women their own um um pay-per-view that's awesome and that's one end of the spectrum and the other end of the spectrum is reigns versus lesnar again lol yeah and that's that's the end of the night and three hours span it and there's nothing in between to note of note they shake hands at the end like i said three and a half years this has been going on reigns and lesnar it's time to wrap it up. And, you know, they would love to have Lesnar hold both titles. He ain't beating Daniel Cormier. It's time to move on. Yeah. It's time to yeah. move on. Alex, tell the people where they can follow you on social media. Uh, they can follow me at Palowski the fourth. It's the numeral 4-T-H. That's follow, me. Follow me at Sean Ross App. Again, guys, if you just check out the show, head over to FightfulWrestling.com. In my humble opinion, our award-winning website and podcast is the hottest in the world. We had Melissa go to Slammiversary last night, our producer who had never seen live wrestling. She's going to talk about it on Listen Your Boy this week. It's a good time. That show airs Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. We have our post-Smackdown show uh, on Tuesday night, of course. Check it out, guys. Fightful.com. Spread the word. Let people know about it. We are out.